Hello there, and welcome to Beyond Distribution with GTDC Podcast. In today's episode, we drill down into the need for ESG trust and transparency as it pertains to sustainability. Our special guest today is Roald Drost, who has a PhD and is the Director of Climate and Reporting for PwC. Roll is joined by GTDC General Manager Peter Vandenberg to share their thoughts on the most important issues in the sector, as well as the importance of clarity and well-established guidelines as it pertains to ESG regulations. Enjoy the listen, and if you're enjoying the series, please don't forget to like and subscribe. Thank you. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of our GTDC Beyond Distribution podcast. I am thrilled today to have um, two gentlemen with me uh, from Europe that uh, are very involved in uh, a project that I know is important to um, all of us. Uh, Let me introduce uh, Peter Vandenberg, who is the GTDC general manager for Europe, has been for a long time, and is certainly well known by uh, the GTDC and the vendor community in Europe. So Peter, welcome. Thank you. Uh, you know, in addition, I'd also like to welcome Roel Droist, who's the Director of Climate and Reporting at PwC. Uh, Roel, welcome, and thanks for joining us. It's a pleasure. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for having me. Absolutely. So let me, let me give everybody a little bit of a perspective on what we're doing, and then Roel, I'll turn it over to you. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about um, uh, your background. Um, but we have um, initiated a project here at GTDC in conjunction with our members who uh, about middle of 2022 basically told us that this topic, um, the sustainability topic within the overall you know, ESG area is one that's extraordinarily important uh, in the marketplace and certainly in, in Europe. And in fact, uh, we had our uh, annual event in Amsterdam in uh, June, and um, you guys presented at that, and uh, it was one of the most popular uh, discussions that we had, and people were extraordinarily engaged. From there, uh, we decided to put this work effort together, and Peter has been driving it uh, for us and coordinating it in Europe. So Peter, I'll come to you in a minute and ask you to comment on that. But before I do that, Roel, could you talk a little bit about your your uh, your responsibilities uh, at PwC? Yeah, sure. Thanks for that. So I've um, uh, I've recently joined PwC. Actually, I've I've been in the house for two months. My main responsibility is is as the title says, climate and reporting, and I've been working in this space for 15 years now. And in those 15 years, a lot has happened. But the things I've been doing is things like doing life cycle assessments. So looking at the environmental footprint of products and services, as well as greenhouse gas accounting. So that that would entail the the footprint calculations done by organizations and how they decarbonize. Excellent. Yeah, so Peter, you start. You kicked this project off for us uh, back in the summer, and you've made a lot of progress. And obviously, PwC is is working with us. So we pulled off the project. Uh, so they they help us, and we uh, we formed a team with five of our members. So we have Weston, Ingram, 
TDCNX, Exertus, and Espinet on the team. Uh, they all have ESG responsibility or responsible people in-house. So all those people are now part of the team. And together we've, um, well, we've had several calls with, well, well with PWC uh, to, to actually answer this question. The objective is that, that by the end of this year, we know what we're gonna do, what it, well, what role the GTDC could play in that, in that field, in that area, uh, and basically how we could avoid um, well, a lot of duplication of efforts, because at the end of the day, all, all the distributors will ask the same questions to all the vendors. Uh, so if we can, you know, harmonize that, do that in a more efficient, effective way, I think that that's, I think that's where we're going to end up. Um, yeah, so, so by the end of this year, I expect we have a plan ready for the next phase. Um, and then we, uh, what we take from there. Yeah, that's great. And that's, and that's, you know, when you think about it, that's our role. That's what, that's what we do at GTDC. Our, you know, our role is to sort of be like the umbrella organization and get into topics where we could provide value to each of our members, uh, where they could do a lot of it individually. But I think if we can kind of coordinate it, uh, you know, at a higher level, it seems to work. Um, and it seems to be what they'd like us to do. Now, rule. I know as part of this effort, you've spoken to um, many or all of the distributors that Peter mentioned that are, you know, part of the part of the, the team. What, what, from your standpoint, what are the most important sort of ESG sustainability issues that we should be thinking about, you know, in the IT industry? Right. Hey, yeah. Um, so if you look to Technology, technology has accomplished a lot. You know, it enables to do a lot of things for us every day, yeah? things like smart logistics. So in that way, technology helps us to reduce our environmental footprint. So that's all very positive. And at the same time, we have a couple of challenges. Yeah? So we use a lot of raw materials that are being mined. And at the end of the life cycle, uh, for most metals, the recycling rates are less than 10%. And at the same time, global greenhouse gas emissions, uh, currently the technology is accounting for just a, a few percent, but remind you that is still, uh, so the technology sector is, em is emitting already more than the aviation sector, as an example. And for most sectors, they are decarbonizing. So if you look to steel, the emissions will reduce cement, uh, Etc. there are uh, uh, quite some strong decarbonization efforts underway. For technology, it will increase just because of the sheer demand that there is for, uh, um, for ICT. So it's expected that in 2040, 2050, it will account for 40% of the greenhouse gas emissions. So what we need to be doing is closing the loop, slowing the loop, and narrowing the loop, meaning uh, that we will need to use less resources to make ICT equipments, that we need to make it last longer so that we slow the loop and close that loop on the recycling. And in order to do that, and that's what this project is all about, we need to enhance transparency. We need to enhance transparency on how to recycle. So for instance, if you, if you take out a battery uh, the ITADs and uh, the parties at the end of the chain, they need, to do, they need to know how to dismantle and to recycle the components of that battery. 
Um, consumers need to make better informed decisions, but how can they do that if they don't have the information? So they need to be armed with the, uh, for instance, carbon footprint information or other environmental or social KPIs. And so in that way, consumers are armed with the right information. Also distributors, they want to uh, take accountability for their environmental performance, but they currently have some tools, but that could be improved. So what this project is all about is centralizing the information, using uniform standards, getting assurance in place so that all of these actors in the value chain can make better informed decision and help to close, slow, and narrow the loop. Yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense. Um, one of the things, though, that I think poses a big challenge, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, is when we talk about the IT supply chain, that is not a trivial <laughs> um, you know, topic. I mean, that, the, the IT supply chain, and, and particularly the role that distributors play in that, because they've got upstream, you know, partners that they deal with that within the vendor community, and they've got the downstream folks that they deal with at the solution provider level. And it's really hard to manage all of that with to, to the point that you make transparency and, and to ensure that, you know, folks are aware of what everybody's doing. Well, what are your thoughts there in terms of the challenges that that, that provides here to, to the distributors? So you're completely right. We are looking at a big challenge. Yeah? So what happens over the past few decades, it's that all these supply chains globalized, they specialized. So you have so many actors and globally, we now have all these networks. So how to get all the information from those supply chains? It is a big challenge. So that globalization has, uh, has, has had quite some implications for sustainability because for many products, we don't know how they're made, where they're coming from and what's in them. And that's exactly what this project is trying to, to accomplish. And Frank, I'm not saying it's easy, but we are gonna do it. And uh, we need to do it together with some other parties in the value chain. So we need to do it together with the vendors. Uh, we also need uh, uniform standards so that all the vendors are using the same, um, um, uh, are delivering the same information. We also need to be, uh, make sure that, um, that assurance is being provided on the outputs. Uh, so if you, if you look at the current footprinting standards for, for laptops and iPhones, there is uh, um, a consensus regarding how to do the calculation, but there is still discrepancies uh, on how it's applied in, in reality. So we need some assurance on that. Um, there is no silver bullet. So we, we're gonna need a couple of years to, to get this in place. But let me tell you one other thing that is gonna happen, Frank, I hope you allow me to do that. In a couple of years, there will be a, a digital product passport that is emerging in Europe. Now, the, the, the date for implementation has not been set, but I, I, I think it's likely to happen in 2026 or 2027. Those are the dates that are currently mentioned on the EU uh, uh, documents. In that EU, uh, that digital product passport, it's this kind of information that needs to be embedded in there. 
So that would uh, typically on every uh, ICT hardware product, you would find a QR code or a barcode and that's giving you access to all that information. Now that is our vehicle to make this come to life ultimately in, in, in the long run. Back to you, Frank. Well, Rule, if I may, um, is, is, is this limited to hardware only? Because I think right now, well, well, you mainly talk about hardware, but I think software is a big category for, uh, for our distributors as well. Yeah. I think the rules apply there as well. Exactly, Frank. Uh, Peter, you're completely right. It's, it's software as well. And that's actually where, where uh, a big portion of the emissions are happening. Eh? So if you look to devices like iPhones, then the production of these iPhone has, has quite a big contribution. But if you look to servers, the biggest part uh, is happening in the use phase. So that's electricity consumption. So you're, you're completely right. Yeah, that's, that's so, so, and that makes a lot of sense. So as we look at this, um, obviously there are, there are many, many challenges. One of them that I see though is the various players in the industry. And let's, let's talk about the vendor piece for a minute and then without getting into any specific vendor, but just in general, um, they all tend to be in different spots in terms of, you know, the how quickly they're they're implementing what needs to be done internally to you know get to the standards that we would like to see um what are you seeing what trends have kind of developed over the last couple of years from the vendor community and are you seeing sort of an accelerated focus on their part or you know are there still folks that are talking about doing some things, but not really doing much. What's your what's your sense there? I think a lot has already happened. Eh? Uh, things like uh, uh, TCO and EPIT certification. Uh, so for, uh, also that's also driven by procurement, of course. Eh? So ultimately, um, uh, governments when they procure ICT hardware, they request TCO or EPIT type of certification. So then the vendor has to do it, else they will be out of business for such uh, such tenders. Also, the um, um, if you look to these these this footprint calculation, there is a, a model called uh, Paya, which is being used by many vendors. And many vendors uh, they yeah they they ramped up their efforts to release footprints for every SKU that they release. So that's all great. Uh, so I think the volume for this information has increased. The only thing which, which we need to do is make sure that that, uh, that information is not scattered. It needs to be centralized. It needs to be in one location. It needs to be, uh, we need to add credibility to, to the information and that is provided by assurance. And we need to make sure that it's all uniform. And that is where we, currently lack a little bit of traction, we need to centralize this effort in order to create one hub of ESG information that can be trusted by all stakeholders. So it really is sort of the trust and the transparency piece that that you feel is is important. Um, how do we accelerate that? I mean, and or can we accelerate it? Or is it just going to kind of happen at the 
at the rate that it's happening. Um, and then obviously the next obvious question, which I know we'll get into, will be particularly in Europe, will be what role uh, is the government playing in driving this and forcing the transition perhaps faster than people are you know, wanting to get there. Yeah. Peter, will you comment or would you like me to comment? No, you call, you're the expert here. I think you're more, yeah. Yeah. You do. Um, yeah, so um, we think that we, we just need to start small and then expand. And so we need to build some sort of coalition of the willing, create critical mass and then build from there. So what are, uh, so we are currently shaping uh, the plan and validating that with uh, the various uh, parties that Peter mentioned uh, earlier. Um, is that we start with greenhouse gas emissions. There's data available, let's centralize that. Let's start adding assurance to that. Work with distributors as well as vendors to get that data set complete and, and trustable and available to the, uh, the wider audience. Now, if we have that, we have the vehicle to expand. Then we can add the circular, e uh, circular economy metrics uh, repairability information, um, uh, information regarding uh, labor condition and human rights conditions in the value chain, then we can adding all these ESG layers to make that data set complete. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the sense that I get is that um, when, when people first started talking about this, you know, a couple of years ago, they might have been thinking about it from the standpoint of um, if I do this and if I do this right, it sort of becomes a competitive advantage. And I think that's changed. However, my sense is that that isn't the sense anymore. The sense is um, everybody has to do it. Everybody's going to have to comply. Uh, the government for sure uh, the EU, for sure, will will drive a lot of those regulations. I think, you know, North America's behind and certainly Asia's behind that, but the EU is certainly driving it. And that now it's really more about uh, collaboration and talking to each other and understanding what um, each party's doing and how they're doing it. And, you know, like, for example, when we first started talking to the distributors about this, um, our members, I was shocked. Uh, everyone that we spoke to has people in their organization that this is their job. This is, this is the responsibility that they have. And they are serious about it. I mean, it's not, it's not, you know, a bunch of charts or, you know, people talking about things that isn't getting done. And so I, I have kind of come to the conclusion that um, the groundwork has been laid properly, and now it's really a function of evolving and taking it to the next level. Um, and so, you know, how do you see that happening, Rule? Do you see that happening through, you know, really accelerated uh, legislation, um, you know, really aggressive legislation? Or, or do you see that just kind of playing out over the next couple of years? What's your, what's your take on what's, what's happening, particularly in Europe, relative to that? 
I, I really like how, how you just phrased that, uh, Frank, because it, that is exactly what happened. And so a couple of years ago, uh, this, this competitive advantage thing, which you mentioned in the beginning, we've seen so many greenwashing across various sectors with claims that you know companies just couldn't substantiate, that weren't even true, uh, sustainable products that weren't sustainable. Um, what, what we've come to the realization and that many companies are uh, emerging to is that they are becoming more purpose-led. So they do not care just about financial value creation, it's about integrated value creation, delivering economic, social and, and environmental value. And many CEOs and boards of directors realize that. So today we speak about value creation rather than corporate social responsibility where you just invest in a community investment program no we want to deliver real value with our products and services to the market um, and to be honest legislation does help with this eh? so if you look to um, a couple of things that happened over the past year we've seen the dot frank act happen in the us which had quite some impact on the sourcing of men uh, of, of metals and minerals mainly coming from uh, the republic of congo but today we see things happening like the csrd the csrd is the corporate social response uh, uh, corporate sustainability reporting directive which will become mandatory for 50,000 uh, companies in Europe and it has quite some stringent reporting regulations uh, forcing transparency for those companies uh, also the digital product passport which I mentioned earlier in this call is a good example of that so it is a I would say it is a companies realize that it's a collective effort but they also have to, it's driven by legislation but also by some sort of uh, collective agreement that we have to do it and we have to make industries more sustainable because we cannot just continue like this we have yeah. to close the loop slow the loop and narrow the loop yeah and also what i'm what i'm hearing is 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 also a lot of investors will well, we no longer invest in companies which are not serious about this. So I think in the end, if you want to, you know, attract new investors, you have to do this. Um, exactly. Yeah. Access to access to capital yeah. is becoming critical, really critical for companies that do not take this seriously. Yeah, one of the other statistics that I had seen uh, not too long ago had to do with the the employees. So a lot of the Gen X employees, um, this topic, uh, and I'm trying to remember ex exactly how the stat was presented to me, but I believe it was 44% of them said that this topic is serious enough that if they were choosing between companies to work for, they would opt to work for the companies that were invested properly in 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 this particular area not obviously esg in general but certainly the sustainability piece is important half of them uh consider this to be a factor and if you think about that now i go back a lot longer than you guys do <laughs> uh, but i can promise you when i started working in this industry 
that wasn't something that I was thinking about in terms of, you know, would I take a job working for, uh, you know, this company or that company. So I think that's really an important, uh, really an important factor here. Yeah, it does. It is. So the, in the Netherlands, there was a, a headline in the newspaper regarding Shell, big oil and gas giant, that they had difficulties in acquiring technical talent, uh, which just uh, young technical talent, which just refused to work for Shell. It wasn't. It 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 wasn't uh, my statement before. It was just a headline in the newspaper in the Netherlands. So it's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, good. So uh, we're kind of winding down our time. So, well, I, I I don't know if this is a fair question, uh, but I'm going to ask you anyway. It's 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 kind of a hard question, but uh -huh. you know, if you had to look out you know, five years, for example, um, you know, in terms of, of what you, one would like the um, environment to be like, uh, particularly in our space, and perhaps where, where you think we're going, what are, you, what are your views on that? Where, where is it going? What can we look for, look forward to for the next, you know, five years? And what's that journey going to look like? It would be ESG transparency at your fingertips. So every device has completely ESG transparent perform, uh, performance uh, uh, assured by a third party. Uh, so you would be able to scan it with a QR code or whatever uh, identity. Um, it would be able to scan it and get access to all the information. You would see where it's made, how it's made, what the footprint is. Uh, uh, it includes manuals on how to dispose certain parts when the product is being disposed of. Um, it would contain a repair guideline, everything to enhance social as well as environmental transparency. That would be my dream. If we can get that, that would be awesome. Yeah, that's a pretty good sound bite. ESG transparency at your fingertips. I like that sound bite. That's a, that's a good one. So, um, well, look, we are obviously well into this. Uh, this is a really important project for us. And um, as we go forward into 2023, we're going to be doing a lot, a lot more work with you guys. Um, I can, I, I can assure you and Peter, I know you'll kind of um, underscore this, the, member distributors, the GTDC members distributors are serious uh, about this topic. This is a very, very important topic. There's no debate in my mind that the vendor community is serious about it, right? I think one of the things that we're going to do at GTDC over the next uh, couple of years with, with PWC's help is to drive that collaboration and drive that integration, get people talking to each other so that they all know what each other's doing. And then we end up with that level of transparency that I think you're, you're referring to, uh, which I think will help all of us uh, as we go forward. That, that, that would be my goal here as, you know, as we kind of continue on with the project. Yeah. Super. Good. Yeah. Peter, any other, any other final thoughts? Uh, I no. I think, I think a lot of being said and, and I fully, agree with what has been said and, and uh, I think the target is clear you know five years from now we should we should be there 
Uh, and I think we can do it. It's, uh, yeah. I think we're well positioned. Uh, I think we have the support from the members. I've, I've, I've met with a number of vendors, uh, talked about it. They fully support us. So I think if, if anyone can do this, we can do it. I think. Uh, well, good. Well, Rule, thank you very much for joining us. You're, you're, you're very helpful. And uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time we talk about it because as we go forward, we'll continue dialogues like this. And Peter, thanks for pulling this project together uh, on behalf of all of our members. Uh, this is a really important area. So thanks, everybody. Good, good, good to talk to you.